Welcome to episode six, part one of Hookers and Horses, Stories of a Prairie Family. Today's podcast is Hostesses with the Mostesses, with your hosts, Dana, that's me, my sister Tracy, and my cousin Ellie. And we hope that during this time of isolation, we might bring some joy, entertainment, and laughter into your lives. So without further ado, here we go. everyone um we are back with hookers and horses horses and hookers we always get it i never know hookers and horses hookers and horses okay we're back uh (laughs) we took a brief hiatus while we all sort of you know came down from our highs of having a zoom seder um and a half we need to all come down from um, but in actuality, I am legitimately exhausted from my Zoom Seder because even though Evan and I were the only ones eating anything, I cooked and cleaned as if I was hosting the entire Mishvacha. Like I had food for days. And then not only that, I made sure that while I was preparing and making sure that all of our dinner came out in the exact correct time, the house was clean and I was scrubbing down the kitchen just in case anybody saw it, which makes no sense. And it got me thinking that I have been trained like this by Susan Tenenhouse after years of her sort of like checking out my kitchen and making sure things are tidy. So we are talking today about family dinners and, you know, how our parents have trained us to be the hostesses with the mostesses. Um, like I'm thinking back when I lived in a 400 square foot box and I was hosting my first ever family dinner and mom was in town and she was so stressed out. She was like, Ellie, oh my God, you can't have people over. Your microwave hasn't been cleaned. <laughs> and I was like, it's still. like that, that, that shouldn't matter. Like we're not cooking in the microwave, nor is anyone looking. She was no Ellie no, you, you can't, you can't have people in the house. Like this is, this is really embarrassing. Okay. Hold on. Can we also just add in how old were you at the time? I was in my mid twenties. Right. Okay. So someone in their mid twenties, like who, first of all, who's even having a dinner party? That's the first thing. Most people well, are not, they've got beer and pizza. So the fact that you having people <laughs> over for dinner and you're cooking and the fact that like, it's the microwave that comes up is just like, there's so many, it's so crazy when you think of it that way, because um, I have a 19 year old son and I guarantee you when he's 22, there won't be any dinner parties happening anywhere in his, in his house that he's going to be living in. Well, I have been hosting dinner parties since the ripe age of 20 because when, so when I moved here, actually, my mom did like my first grocery shop for me and she was trying to teach me how to shop for one person, even though like she does not know how, because even now when she cooks for just her and dad, I know she's cooking for 17 people. She does not know how to like tone it down for one or two. So she took me shopping and she was like, oh, Elle, a mini brisket. I'm like, well, what in the world am I going to do with a mini brisket? She goes, you, it's important to have this in your freezer. Like, you might need it. This is- it's important. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, I do appreciate the um, the whole, like, cleaning of the decks before you start. Because, like, my ex used to always say that. Like, it would be like, it was probably military talk, too, because he'd been in the army. But he was always like... <laughs> 
oh, and we had a boat. So it was like clearing the deck. It was always like a clear the decks. The counters had to be like completely spotless. And I would always get irritated because I would just like, I would decide to make something and then just start making it, pull everything out of the pantry. Like the counters would be full. Like the cutting boards hadn't been washed yet. Like nothing was organized. And I would just start like creating something and he'd be like, oh my God, you have to clear the decks. And then once I started like getting into that mindset, like I can appreciate that Susan was saying that because it was like, it makes the whole experience so much better even if like people couldn't see through your zoom, what your kitchen looked like, didn't you feel so much better having like a tidy, like organized space? Oh, it was completely necessary. Like I taught a zoom cooking class on Sunday. And again, no one could see the mess. Can we hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, nobody could see the mess in my zoom call, but all, like normally I have my little, like my green bin ready and I am throwing things out, but I don't know. I got flustered because I was teaching and so I was just shoving the trash to the side and in the middle, I just went like, I'm sorry guys, can, you can't see this, but I need to clean my kitchen real quick. Yeah. So like right. Susan has and, instilled this in me. Yeah, and on the, on the sort of, on the other side is my kitchen. And again, you know, I also, I entertain quite a bit and I, we always have people over and had we not been Zooming here, we would have had for sure the Seder here there would have been 15 or 20 people or whatever and I remember saying to mom before all this happened and I remember saying to her like I'm not, not interested in cooking for eight people like if I'm gonna cook like I want to cook for 15 or 20 like eight was like eh, I don't even want to cook for eight meantime of course I cooked for four but I still made a brisket and I made a chicken and I made like five side dishes and Jeff says what is going on here I was like but if I'm going to cook, I'm going to cook, you know, so it's the same sort of thing. And yet my kitchen, um, I have, you know, I have a large island in the center of the kitchen. I also have my desk where sort of like is, I call it ground central control is for the house. So for me, the kitchen part was cleaned and the island was cleaned and where I was cooking, but I didn't have to clean up my desk because every time people come over like that, I have to clean it. Yeah. That, papers that desk, go upstairs. That desk is a total shit storm. I have to say, and like <laughs> on a sidebar, like, which is surprising for you because you're like usually immaculate, but it's like, yeah, that desk. Oh my God. Even I don't because, have a desk like that. Because here's the thing, right? So like I have a computer on that desk and I run, you know, the house quote unquote of the desk. So like, let's say all the bills are on the desk or whatever I'm doing for, I volunteer for a lot of places. Like my personal stuff is at the desk with my computer. And then, Jonah will say, mom, I need something. I, I put it on your desk for later. And then mm -hmm. Jeff says, oh, I found an article for you to read. I put it on your desk. It's like, nobody else has a desk that everything gets put on. So mine's just like, also like Dana just said, it's like a shit show. Yeah. So what happens? So I cooked and I cleaned and I did my thing, but I didn't have to clean that desk. And so actually the Seder was like, oh, this is fantastic. The rest of my house didn't really have to be up in ship shop, you know, in ship shop. What do they call it? Ship shop shape? That's right. right. Tip top ship, or ship, ship, ship shape. Ship, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, ship shop. There's a distinct double standard in my family. I think because of the the brisket Can I be heard again? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. You just need to go closer. <laughs> um, no, okay. So again, because I it was necessary that I had a brisket, that turned into me hosting a brisket night for my friends every year. It's now like a very big thing. It is important. There's documentation. There's like a, a an ode to it on my kitchen wall. But anyway, so because I like to host, there's an expectation now that I will have a clean microwave and whatever. Meanwhile, we go to my sister's house and Which like, 
Is that confidential? (laughs) It's it's Lauren. She knows. Like literally today I said to her like, oh my God, because I'm not hosting, like no one's come to my house lately. My dining room table is now covered in puzzles and a code names game that I'm going to play with Tracy and the boys later. Like it's giving me anxiety. And she's like, that's my house all the time. And I'm like, I know this gives me major anxiety. So like we were in Winnipeg and I think Lauren and Jesse were still in their apartment. So also I feel like it's harder to keep an apartment tidy when you have a ton of stuff, but we went to their house and we sat down for dinner and like, I don't know what it is, but every time I go to Lauren's house, she's in the middle of laundry. So there's laundry on one side. Um, there's some chopsticks available. Um, on the, and, and there was, you know, some candy, there was some work and there was some stuff and mom comes in and she just sort of like her throat um, closes up. No, not <laughs> even, it's like tunnel vision. She walked to her seat and she sat down and I said, ma, it's a little messy in here. No, she goes, that's Lauren. It's fine. And I was like, no, 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 but mama, mama. Remember when you made me clean my microwave because the Reinblatt's were coming for dinner? And she's like, this is fine. so there's levels like the susanisms of how you need to present your home it 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 depends on the child well and you know what in our in our family like so in our in my parents house um like there's a separate dining room like as in with doors so in theory even though they're french doors and you can see through them in theory like you can close that room off like kind of mentally anyway so like when we would have a dinner we would we would like, first of all, mom would set that room up like a good week in advance of the dinner, like a solid week. Sure. Like it might be two weeks now. I'm not sure. Like, but the last I was a weekish, it's like, it starts by putting the tablecloth down. Then it starts, then the tape, the plates go out and like the whole thing. And so, um, and then the food is obviously prepared ahead of time and some of it's frozen. And like, I mean, not to say that it's not amazing. It's just like, it can't all be done at the same time, especially if she's there by herself in fairness. So she does it like in stages and then like whatever crap might've been accumulating on the dining room table behind the closed doors then has to get moved to like the dining room. So it's kind of funny because, but, but the good thing is, and the fun thing is, is like, when we're ever there together, which hasn't been recent, where like, we're all there, Penny's there, like, everybody's there, we're like, all in the kitchen. It's like the traditional quintessential, like, um, like, cultural family where there's like, we're all cooking, and we're chatting, and like, the ladies are talking. It's all very like, uh, traditional in that, in that respect, right? Like, making like, whatever traditional thing we might be making for a particular, or even if it's not for a holiday, just for like, a family dinner or something. It's really fun. Right. right? I also think the other thing is that, um, you know, mom's a very good cook. Susan, Ellie's mom is a very good cook. And the three of us are also, we enjoy cooking. We're good at it. So like whether that sort of, you know, that got passed down, um, their love of cooking and their love of hostessing, hostessing and whatever sort of all came down to us, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, well, wait, I'll, and the only yeah. thing I'll say there is like, I do love to make food. I don't love to host. And it's probably because like for the last 15 years, even when like I had a home, but I it was like, no one was really invited. Like I, there was no open invitation. There was no like come over for dinner. First of all, I didn't have family in my city, but even friends, it wasn't like come over. No, no, it was never that. But I did, I did like to make things myself. And this kind of same applies here. Like I like to sit in my kitchen. I like to putz like, we were all just talking before this podcast about how 
Um, like I'm doing an online program right now where I'm, it's all around healthy food. Ellie was talking about her online thing that she did this morning. Tracy's published a cookbook. Like, yeah, we all love um, food. I'm just not really big on the hosting unless it's for like an hour. Like, a, like I've had people come in here say we did nourish bowls. We had a whole class. People like come, time. we cook, we, yeah, they're here. And then I'm like, and now it's officially time to go. It's like, this is from one until two. And at 10 to two, I'm like, okay, is there anything else? And then it's like, and then people know, and it's, I mean, and no one's offended. People have things to do. It's just like, I don't necessarily like the, like the, ser- the, the bringing out of the serving of the, like, it's all very a bit stressful for me. I'd rather it just be like contained. I, I and levels. Mm-hmm. I think we're like, like Dana likes to prepare the food, but you need like an end time. Tracy is like ultimate host. Like she throws parties. I am like maybe extreme in the other direction. We were saying at the end of the Seder, I have like a balloon guy. Like I have my balloon <gasps> up. I have a moon. Right. I mean, I mean to, in, in my defense, I'm not crazy. I'm an event planner. So like, I do have a balloon guy, but like, we, you know, we had the zoom Seders and it happened to be Nathan and mommy's birthday. I have a foil happy birthday script balloon. Like I am ready with <laughs> Decor. I have a closet just with random decor in case I need. Right. Right. See, that's the thing. You're all about the theme. Mm-hmm. I love, right? love a good theme. That's you you love a good theme. You love a good every like that sort of thing. So when you do host and you when you do it and you do an amazing job, everything is like perfectly done. All the little details are a hundred percent there. Mm-hmm. Very it's, actually my family will say this is not important, but it is <laughs> Joseph's bris had a theme and I was, I would be damned if it was going to be blue and white because that's just too generic for a Jew. But then, but then people were walking around and going, what's with all the green and gold? I'm like, I don't bloody know. I was nine months pregnant and I made cookies. I was like, what would a theme be for a bris? The bris is kind of a theme. It was good to be hot air balloons. Oh. Um, But then I was like, well, that's more of a first birthday. pretty colors well no that's not true that's not true i bought an outfit for him that i wanted him to wear for the bris um so i was like i made cookies that look like this little bow tie outfit but then the the outfit came too big he came out too small had to nix the outfit (gasps) the theme didn't (laughs) (laughs) the whole thing sounds craziness but but that's just the fact that you like to also plan hence the fact that you are an event planner right and I just like like I like to cook right and so I like basically like I'll cook anything and I don't mind and and sometimes the kids like to help me Jonah actually likes to help me in the kitchen if he can and then sometimes you know they'll be the where's the recipe I'm always Um, like "Mm, yeah I don't really have a recipe I just kind of use like this much oil and I kind of swirl it around and I use this much. And so, which is also why I am a terrible baker, (laughs) terrible because I don't like to follow a recipe. And yet, so I can cook for 20 people and I could make 17 dishes and I don't mind it. And somebody will say, what can I bring? And the first thing and the only thing that I always say was, can you bring a dessert of some kind? (laughs) Because I cannot do it. And every time I do to even the kids will be, Mm, mom this is really not that good Hmm. like I know I know because I can't follow a recipe I'm not big on the recipe myself and like even even lately because people will ask like I'll 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 make something that's like I made this amazing soup last night 
and and I had made oh just a sidebar like I had bought these beautiful like grass-fed um organic beef bones um to make a bone broth and so I roasted the bones like a month ago or three weeks at the beginning of this pandemic when I was like oh my god I'm gonna have to like nourish myself for the next month and suck my freezer and get all weird I I roasted the bones and like I made the bone broth and I put it in the freezer and um anyway so last night when I was making the soup I thought oh I'm gonna use that broth and and then I just added a bunch of vegetables and blah 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 and then some leeks and potatoes and then I blended it it was delicious anyway why am I telling you that um <laughs> oh recipe recipe because yeah then people be like oh can you t- share it and I'll post my pictures because I post everything on Facebook every two seconds and then people are like oh do you have a recipe and I'm like ooh. so and even with the smoothies lately it's like people want recipes for that stuff and I'm like uh, so then I guesstimate and then I hope that that tastes good because it's not actually what I've ever done I just don't know how- baking obviously is different with the formula and Ellie knows better than anyone like how important that is she's like baker extraordinaire but like, yeah, I'm just not, I don't really know. I'm not big on the recipes myself. Well, I'm making, so one of my pandemic projects, if you will, was making a tenant house and Sclover family cookbook. So mommy and I have been mm. on Saturday mornings. It's very brown. I warn you. Like all, oh, food, all of the food is brown. It's like Tasha, brown, woo woo, brown with hints of yellow, spaghetti, brown, turkey, brown, like it's, it's a, it's, it, the cookbook could be called 50 shades of Brown. <laughs> I stand by the statement and this will be the tagline. Brown food is the most delicious food. Dana will not agree. <laughs> I know. It's just like, my face was like, Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Cause brown, is carbs, cause brown is carbs. But anyway, so mommy will be like, she'll be telling me the recipe and I go, okay, mom, let's get like, let's, 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 let's have a system here. Give me the ingredients. She goes, okay. So you brown the onions. I'm like, no. This the ingredients and then and then you're gonna want you're gonna want it to look right and I'm like okay but like so what so we're talking about dough so, she, so the dough's got to feel right and I said mom you can't just write down the dough's got so I was like mom you can't just write you we can't just say the dough's got to feel right like is it elasticy is it is it soft is it smushy is it wet she goes mm, right I'm like no. No. And like, I'm on video with her. So I can see her squishing her hands. Like, you know, I'm like, absolutely not. So, so this is, and then, and then we've got something that she sent me one recipe and it was for Kugel. And I was like, Oh my God, there is four pounds of butter in this. That's aggressive, but I made it. No, 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 it wasn't four pounds. It was one and a quarter pounds of butter, which regardless is still too much. And so, of course, like, it's dripping with butter. I'm like, I fucked up. Like, I have no idea what's wrong. And then I'm like, Mama, what is this supposed to say? She goes, it's one quarter cup of butter. I'm like, pardon me? It's not even a quarter. No. Yeah. It's it's one quarter pound. So there's one and then one over four. I'm like, that's not how you write numbers. (laughs) So... So we're trying to get, but I like literally half the recipes at the end say, make it until it looks like Susan would say it's tasty. Oh my God. Well, on that same note about recipes. So Dana had mentioned earlier that um, I made a cookbook and I was the, uh, the coordinator or the chair of, of a school 
um, cookbook a number of years ago for my kids' school. And so I was in charge of putting it together. So we had hundreds of recipes that were sent in and same thing. So then I had a committee and we had to go through the recipes to try to figure out which ones to put in, obviously. And you would get those ones that would just say, you know, dice an onion and, you know, add some tomatoes and cook it for a while. You're like, this is not a recipe. I mean, that's the way I cook. And I, I also had to, um, you know, amend my recipes in order so they could go into the book. But sometimes it'll say, you know, dice one medium onion. But sometimes it'll just say one onion. You're like, well, is that a large onion? Is that a, is that a cup of onion? Is What is that? And then I had all these things done. And then I contacted the publisher. And then she said, oh, my, these need a lot of work. I'm like, a lot of work? I just worked on them. What do you mean a lot of work? So we, so I really learned the art of having to read a recipe through somebody else's eyes that are not mine in order to figure out how to make it. Because you have to assume, of course, when you give somebody a recipe or when you are looking at a cookbook, you have to assume that these people cannot cook. This is a- Hence the, like, or they're just figuring it out. Whereas you sort of have people who, uh, again, like I don't, I, I might re, I look at a recipe the first time as I've made it, and then I always adjust it to how I want it or how I like it, and then I rarely use the recipe again. Well, and that's what I love about cooking with Penny, like because I've Penny and I, for those who don't know, like we're only we're a few hours apart on the island, and so every now and then I'll just boot down, and it's all it's always around food. There's always an occasion. Once it was her 65th birthday. Once it was like. Actually, in this fall, she had her friends over and I did a cooking class. We made falafel like it was fun. And um, but the, she's so much fun because she just like literally any and, and I think this would go for any of her nieces that she would say, like, it doesn't matter what we do. She thinks it's perfection. <laughs> she loves the way I chop the watermelon. She loves the way I chop the garlic. She's like, everything you do is always so nice. I'm like, that's like beyond not even true. Cause like, I'm so not like, I'm so not a perfectionist with the presentation. I'm not a good presenter, but like she, everything, it doesn't matter whatever. And then, and it's like, Oh, should we put some of this in or we don't have that? She's like, Oh, just use this. And it's like, it's so lackadaisical. And then she just like loves everything that you make. And she thinks, and then she tells all of her friends, like she makes a big announcement. You go out to the deck and she's like, Dana this. <laughs> and then she's like announcing and singing it. And everyone's like, Ooh, it's like, so it's like, there's pressure, but it's so good to like cook with someone who also doesn't have a recipe, which. So in Grenada, like we, we thought, and I say this with humility, like it wasn't like we were spoiled and we thought we were going to have this like big chef, but we were told when we booked this house that we would have the, um, the support, I guess, if you will, of like a cook. So we were like, sweet, we have a cook for this house. We're like, fantastic. And on like the first day we meet her and she's, <laughs> she's lovely and, and, and just like typical, like Caribbean woman, like super chill, right? Like so relaxed. And to the point where we, we would ask her for something and she'd be like, eh. she'd be like, you could tell she didn't really want to do it. <laughs> So um, the first day we were like, okay, let's like think about dinner, what we're going to make. And at like 11.55 in the morning, um, she's like, okay, so I got to go. We're like, we're like, oh, okay, so you're done then for the day. Okay, got it. So we're like, she's definitely not going to be here making dinner for us at all. Meaning we then proceeded to get into the mindset of like, we're going to be cooking on every day of this holiday for 10 days in the like 100 degree kitchen Really, the kitchen's a hundred, and we were like the stove on the like the oven, like 
every stinking day. And, but every day we would like have a plan for dinner and then somehow we would like run out of something or whatever. And we'd be like, okay, we have to literally make something out of nothing. We have eight people. No, how many, uh, four, five, six, eight people. And we had like, one day we had like three chicken breasts and we were like, Jesus, what the hell are we going to do? Three chicken breasts and like a handful of shrimp. And we're like, Ooh, yeah. What are we gonna we do? We made the best tacos. It was like taco night, and we like we're like, but if we chop the chicken up small enough, there will be the illusion that there's a lot. Like people can't tell. Or like we made like a salad with like we threw the prawns in one night or shrimp one night. We're like, okay, but we we yeah. said we should have a show on like how to make something out of nothing. It was so good. Seriously. And not only that, so we had there was always the oven, and then one time we couldn't get the we couldn't even figure out how to work the oven because it was some that we needed a starter light, and then they had the barbecue outside, yeah. but the barbecue there was no light near the barbecue. So then there's one day, and I'm like, "Ooh, I'm gonna marinate the chicken all day." This is when we had a lot of chicken one day, so I go to barbecue, and I'm like, "But there's no light." And then Dana pops out, and she says, "Hold on, I have like a headlamp." Like, like for those of you, like maybe you're going hiking in the woods or you're camping. She just packed it just in case. I don't know why. She, so there I am. Or I guess maybe you had it on. She puts on the headlamp and she comes outside. And now we're barbecuing outside with the headlamp, with the chicken. And everybody else, might I add, was just inside playing cards and mm-hmm. having a drink while we like literally slaved for 10 days to make dinner for everybody seriously like it was not it was a it was a vacation in that in that there was a beach and it was tropical and everything but like we I worked harder on that holiday than I do at home like bar none I mean it was all because we really still we didn't really realize also at the beginning how much food was going to take to feed that many people on a regular basis and the grocery stores like we could get to the grocery store but it was still you had to go in it was a 20 minute drive like nobody wanted to go in Mm -hmm. So that's why we always had three chicken breasts and four shrimp to feed eight people because we didn't want to go into the store. And then every night so, someone would be like, oh, this dinner, is, you, you two like rocked. We're like, huh. like we were like, exactly. we got right out of ours. I don't even understand how we did it. Yeah, exactly. It very good. Well, Lauren night. had to have a talk with me because I was complaining because Joey just got into eating like three square meals a day. And I was like, oh, Lauren, like, this is like, I only have like two, like, I package my chicken breast in like packages of two when I pull a Susan and go to Costco and like, I, then I repackage everything. She goes, well, I hate to break it to you, but there's a third person in your family now. You need to start cooking for that other mm-hmm. human. I'm like, oh, so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Bottles yeah. were. I know, well, but you know, it, it's interesting because I just sort of, when you go back to talking about how to, when Susan, when your mom doesn't know how to cook for less than 17 people, right? So Nathan um, is at university this year. So it took me six months to figure out how to shop and cook for three people instead of four mm. people. And then he came back, right. right? Like sooner sort of than he thought. And all of a sudden, all I do is go and buy food. Mm-hmm. Now, which of course is also harder. And normally I'm at Costco two to three times oh a week. Oh my God. And I put Loblaws is goes in between there. And then I hit other stores like <gasps> there's a bread store and a fruit store. And, and I'm always in between. So I went to Costco yesterday and I hadn't been there for two weeks, which again, for other people, like people don't understand, like for me, two weeks to not go to Costco. Oh, my God. I go like once eternity. every three years. Yeah. And so I bought last time I was there, I bought like, I don't know, I bought 
three packages of chicken and each one has 10 chicken breasts in it and brought chicken wings and I bought this fish and I bought that fish and then I bought Miami ribs and I bought this and like and so I went yesterday but I really just bought produce and Jeff says you but you didn't buy any protein I'm like I have 52 pieces of chicken in the freezer from two weeks ago I think we're okay for like another week he's like are you sure oh my god panic so I th- I'm pretty sure oh. like he was panicked I was like I to paint an image going- like one final image yeah. of my mom, just because she overcooks for everybody and thinks that everyone needs it like a secret brisket. If this pandemic really takes a turn and like, I mean, more of a turn and like there's a food shortage, I implore everybody to visit Mama Sue because in every home she's had, regardless of the size, she has had a chest freezer packed all the way full with any kind of food you might require. We were supposed to go in for Pesach and I said, and it was going to be her birthday. So I said, mom, I'm going to make you dinner, but like, I'm not shopping on Pesach. I'm not going to go look for kosher meat. Like make sure there's some, make sure there's some meat. She goes, no, like, I don't, I, I, I don't have meat for you. Like, I don't have anything around. You're going to have to go shopping. And I said, fine, just know there's a risk that I'll be feeding you fish if there's no kosher meat. And she, oh, hmm. I'm like, mom, that's like not a Susan meal. She goes, well, I do have four Cornish hens in the freezer. (laughs) (laughs) And that wraps up episode six, part one of Hookers and Horses Stories of a Prairie Family. Be sure to tune in to episode six, part two, and be sure to text in any comments or questions or your wish to be a guest. For Hookers and Horses, Stay safe, stay home, and peace out.